Welcome to Middle Grade Mavens, where two author mums discuss their favourite middle grade books, provide recommendations and share insider industry tips for authors trying their hand at middle grade. Julie Ann Grasso is the author of the Frankie DuPont mystery series, cupcake enthusiast and part-time library book wrangler. Pamela Eucherman is a writer, dancer and homeschooling mum who sometimes finds time for sleep. Both Julie and Pamela devour middle grade books, not only for research, but to share with their combined brood of four munchkins. Hi, Pamela, and welcome back to Middle Grade Mavens for our 102nd episode. Hello, hello. It's getting harder to say now, 102nd. Second, yeah, <laughs> and our first of 2022 2022 what the 102 on the 2022 yeah what has been happening oh gosh I can't believe we're back I can't believe summer's nearly over how on earth did that happen yep (laughs) I'm actually finding it really hard to get out of holiday mode actually we've been lying low we've been going to the beach reading a lot Mm. um, reading some adult books which has been lovely um and I've been doing some watercolour courses, which is lovely too. Um, but, yeah, this this was the first week of term and it's actually been a complete shocker that I do not want to repeat. And it was worse than three weeks ago when Joke Boy broke his arm and, yeah, yeah. Code Brown declared in the hospitals and so we didn't go to the hospital and we didn't even realise it was broken. And, then, oh, my gosh, it was a big debacle. Um yeah. But anyway, yes, and I've been doing some writing and um, thanks to you, Julie, discovered the book Save the Cat and then Save the Cat writes a novel, which has been just illuminating. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. At the time I was sort of deep in the abyss of the current novel I'm working on and a bit stuck. And those two books have really helped me move forward and just make sure it has all the elements it needs to be, you know, a good read. Yeah. I um, need to get Save the Cat writes a novel in digital version, I reckon. I reckon that's the way to go. That wouldn't work for me. I'd just forget it's there. And yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I like marking. Well, not so much. I haven't really marked the book, but I've got um, a bookmark in the section that corresponds with where I'm up to with my writing at the moment and it's I do go and back and flick in you know okay right I'm up to this beat of the novel this you know plot part um go back and read what it says about that yeah I can't do digital I just yeah it doesn't work for me um so yeah that's that's really helps I really recommend Save the Cat but especially if you're writing a novel Save the Cat writes a novel yeah I guess we should probably explain it's it's by Blake Schneider Save the Cat is, yeah. Yeah, and he's a screenwriter. Yeah. Um, but he sort of breaks it down into beats. And I think, like, well, I actually worked off a beat sheet when I was um, sort of formulating my, my latest graphic novel. And then we had our writing retreat. That's right. Yeah. Um, I had my writing retreat in January. Pamela came mm. to visit me and I um, gave her Save the Cat then. But I'd already... I've been there a day already and I think I I'd sort of started on my outline and managed to finish an outline by the end of my two-day writing retreat. So mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with that. But, yeah, but I was kind of following Save the Cat um, beat sheet even in my graphic novel to sort of make sure I had all the highs and lows. But 
Yeah. I've actually... it, goes, it goes on the theory. It goes on the, you know, the screenwriting theory that you need to have these particular beats in your plot to make it entertaining. And all, yeah. at least all good movies have these beats in them. Um, yes. And so then Save the Cat writes a novel, expands it out to novels and analyzes a whole lot of different novels from different genres and how they've applied those beats and where and, you know, um, different, yeah, different genres. It's really interesting to see the same sort of beats, you know, in a romance as opposed to a horror, as opposed to yes. a um, and it breaks down lots of common books so that, you know, you've probably read them or you've probably read at least a few of them um, yes. to, to get to learn it. Yeah, very, very helpful. And I have started using Scrivener. Mm. Um, Pamela's been telling me about it for years, but um, I had a chat with the lovely Renee Tremel, who is a graphic novel, um, amazing graphic novelist, mm -hmm. um, Sherlock Bones and the Ollie and B series. Is it B? Yeah. Yep, Ollie and B, yep. And um I was asking her about how she sets it out and she sort of gave me how she does it, but um, there is really no set graphic novel formula mm. for how you script it um, universally. So I um, managed to read this other article by Marissa Meyer who wrote the Cinder Chronicles mm -hmm. and she's released two graphic novels and she basically pitched those books because she'd had such a massive following and she was a bestseller but she'd never written a graphic novel. And so then she sort of had to go and learn how to do it. So she put it into a, like a four part blog post. And one of the things she said she did was she used the Scrivener comic book template. And mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, okay. And like, I had already like done a not an outline. Um, and Renee sort of mentioned that she doesn't try and script on screen. She does it all in sort of paper form to see where your panels and blocks are. And I, kind of followed um, that that sort of cue from Renee but then I really wanted to see it on screen so I started putting it into a Canva document which you can there's a Canva comic template mm. but I found it <clears throat> excuse me really clunky and it was very labor intensive and I kind of had the whole thing down and then I thought well where do I go for, to from there I need to actually have a script out of this and so once I'd read Marissa's um, article I started actually using Scrivener and I think within an hour I was messaging Pamela saying oh my gosh I love this template it's so easy to use and so yeah I've now got maybe half three quarters of my script into Scrivener and I did a little um, reel if anyone wants to see how simple it is but it actually sort of formats it so completely like a script it's amazing mm, yeah I love Scrivener. I've been using it for probably four or five years now. I do not know how you can write a novel without it. Oh, I don't know how. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I haven't written a novel in it, but I can see when I go back to it, I'll be using it for novels as well. Like there's no way you can go back once you've used Scrivener. No, you can't. And I've, I've <laughs> like, if you ever have to um, rewrite in another point of view or you know in another tense or add a chapter or anything you know, it just makes it so easy and it's just yeah. so easy to see what's where and find things yeah yeah love it so um I, anyone who's on instagram you will notice that i have still been reeling an awful lot mm -hmm. so um 
keep those views coming because it helps to get us in the algorithm. But we should actually review some books. What have you got today, Pamela? Yes, I actually have three books that I'm going to review today because, you know. Wow, well done you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, two are junior fiction and one's a middle grade. Um, So the first is a junior fiction and it's Pow Pow Pig 2 by Ahn Do um, and it was illustrated by Peter Cheong and published by Alan and Unwin on February the 1st, 2022. Cool. Would you share the jacket blurb? Yeah. Hello, it's Pow Pow Pig. Me and the Z team are on a mission. We're trying to save the world, but somehow we've ended up in ancient Greece instead. It's going to take an Olympic effort to get out of this mess. Oh, what genre would you class it as? Um, It's, well, obviously it's junior fiction, but it's time slip slash humour. Oh, yeah. (laughs) A genre bender. Yeah. And who will love this book? Uh, oh, hang on. Overall enjoyment. Gosh, I'm so out of touch. Overall enjoyment. <laughs> out of practice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a funny, fast-paced, time-sleep book about three wacky animals going on a mission to save the world with their time machine. Unfortunately, they go back too far and end up in ancient Greece at the time of the Olympics. The time machine's battery needs to charge, so they go for a walk and end up getting involved in the Olympic Games. Uh, It's fast, it's fun, it's historical, and it's no less than what we have come to expect from um, Doe. Yes, and I think it's also got some illustrations in it, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's fully illustrated. Fantastic. Um, Very um, energetic and, I don't know, what, what would you call that style? It's very sharp I don't know very sharp angled and I don't know yeah yeah but um I love it it's really Giselle really liked it too yeah action (laughs) who will love this book what what age would you recommend it for uh I think it's a great one for reluctant readers um and also great for those newly independent readers so early primary yeah 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 now are you going to do your second book now or am I going to do mine Uh, I think let's do my second book first and then, yeah. Yes, go ahead. (laughs) What is the title of the second book? So book two is Murtales, The Great Treasure Hunt by Rebecca Timmis, which is another Alan and Unwin release on February the 1st, 2022. I've got to get used to saying 2022, doesn't it? No. And this is the third Murtales book with the fourth scheduled for release in May of this year. And Rebecca both wrote and illustrated it very talented. Oh, wow. Yes. Yep. And would you share the jacket blurb with us? Yeah. It's the day of the great treasure hunt and everyone is joining in. Coral is excited to lead her team of best friends to the treasure first, but soon they discover that there is a bigger mystery to solve. Who is the mysterious Count Frumplesquid and what does he really want in Cockleshell Cove? Can Coral and her crew work together to uncover the truth and keep the precious treasure safe? Oh, and what genre would you class this as? Yeah, it's another genre of bending junior fiction, which I think mystery fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mystery with mermaids, what can I say? (laughs) Yeah. And what was your overall enjoyment? Yeah, I love books that have puzzles or riddles, and this is one of those. And The mermaids are off on this treasure hunt um, for which the clues harken back to ancient Egypt. 
um, this time and, you know, pow, pow, pig was ancient Greece. Um, But there's something a bit fishy going on, Mm ha-ha, history that's more important than the treasure hunt clues. I love the way the mermaids work together and the fishy puns dotted throughout the book. Very, um, yeah, very funny. Rebecca Timmis has shown that you can write a juicy mystery even for the youngest readers. Oh, I'm so glad. Mm. You know, I am a mystery lover, so. Yeah. And who will love this book? What age would you recommend it for? Again, I think this is great for newly independent readers. It's perhaps a little longer than Pow Pow Pig, but, um, yeah, I'd say for about six and up. Oh, cool. Well, must be my turn. Yes, finally. (laughs) What's the book you're doing today? Today I have Xavier in the Meantime by Kate Gordon. Published by Yellow Brick Books in I think March, oh February second, I think it came out. Okay. Yeah. It's a few days ago. Yep. Yeah. And would you share the black, the black, the back jacket blue with us, please? <laughs> sure. Sometimes Xavier wakes up feeling hopeless. Every new doctor, this will fix it. Removing him from school, this will fix it. The therapy group, this will fix it. And his dad moving out, maybe this will fix it. His daily affirmations seem to be helping, yet the black dog never really goes away. But Xavier has a plan. Enlisting the help of his best friend, Asta, he tries to convince his dad to turn the family Hoggett farm into a therapy retreat for the group kids session. But he is up against decades of tradition. His parents who are on a break and the spectre of the black dog. Can Xavier learn to cherish the moments in between the struggles, the moments in the meantime? And it's quite uh, obviously the companion to Asta's good, right things, Mm. just in case you're wondering. Yeah, which did really well, actually, didn't it? She won the, she won the award. I can't remember what award it was. (laughs) She won it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and what's a hoggett farm? It's a sheep farm. Oh, a sheep farm. Okay. Um, So what genre is it? This is a middle-grade contemporary, um, obviously with, um, um, I guess you'd call it a mental health theme, issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what was your overall enjoyment? I know you loved Dusty's Good Right Things, didn't you? Yeah, so, and I, I love anything Kate Gordon writes. Um, so another beautiful heartfelt book by Kate. Um, Xavier was so relatable and his struggle with depression was told so eloquently and realistically and sincerely and having Aster at his, as his sidekick, who we know from her, the first book, has her own struggles and was just also just beautifully done and I really liked the adults in this book that they really didn't have it together um and they're all just eventually in the business of the messy life together if you know what I mean Mm. finding their their way to each sunset and uh it was just another wonderful book there's there's so much to unpack in there you know obviously childhood depression but just the internal um dialogue and thoughts of Xavier and how she put that so amazingly on the page. It was it was a bit gut-wrenching at times. 
Um, there was a bit of ugly crying from Julie at the end. There was an endearing sort of side character, which you just know that character's probably going to get their own book. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I really loved it. Once again, I would read anything Kate Gordon writes. Um, you should too get it in your school library, your, your local council library, whatever. Um, I think that's all I have to say. Oh, it'd probably great for age nine up. Um, yeah, and I think we haven't said it in a long time, but, you know, if you don't want to buy a thousand books for your house, ask your local library to purchase it. We call it a, a recommended reads in our library. Yeah. Yes, I've done that recently. It's very good. Yeah. They just do it. They just go ahead and buy it. Well, before I worked in the library, they knew me by name because I used to request so many books because you can request something like five a month and I was like oh my goodness wow. this is like wow. this is like the dream yeah oh. um, <laughs> now I get to put all the books I like in the cart <laughs> and purchase so our library's in a temporary location at the moment so I'm not sure if they would um, appreciate that but anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right so what is the title of your third book so, yeah, my third book is, um, we're going into middle grade now. It's The Riddle of Tanglewood Manor by Tracy Hawkins, published by Storytorch Press on the February of the 1st, 2022. And I, if you remember, I interviewed um, Sam Rutter from Storytorch late last yes. year. And this yep. is one of their um, first middle grade books. So that's exciting. Cool. And would you share the bat jacket blurb with us? Yeah. To Sam and Harry, a tree change means a tree house and time travel. 150-year-old Tanglewood Manor is Sam and Harry's new home in the country. As their parents set about renovating the ruin, the brothers explore its secrets. One book in the dusty library is different. They open it and read a riddle. Now the house is suddenly full of, full of the dead people from the portraits on the walls, and they are very much alive. Will Sam and Harry ever be able to return home or will Tanglewood Manor keep them in its grip forever? Mm, I love a manor story <laughs> with a time slip. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> what genre would you class this as? Time slip? I mean, is that actually a genre? I don't know, but let's call it that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a made-up one, but, you know. Well, it's historical fiction, but it's... Yeah. yeah it's a, i think times it's probably a subgenre, but i don't you know, hearing no, there's no of... genre police right no there isn't no <laughs> except in the library perhaps <laughs> okay, well. so what was your overall enjoyment yeah when i was a kid i loved books about creepy houses and this one is set entirely in the creepy house but yeah. as it's a time slip novel it's mostly set 100 years in the past which you know i love historical fiction too um, and Sam and Harry must solve riddles, which is another thing that I love, um, in this book that they find in the library, um, and to get in order to get back to their own time while keeping up the ruse of being part of the family 100 years ago, the house is deliciously creepy and I love the historical details, the comparisons between how people live then and now. And I also love the relationships between the two brothers. It was realistic. It was very honest. It wasn't always roses, but it wasn't always fighting. Um, it was, yeah, just brotherly love. Yeah, fun, a fun middle grade creepy 
but not overly creepy, like not too scary. Um, yeah. Time slip. Yeah. Oh, and who will love this book? What age would you recommend it for? Um, yeah, this is set firmly in middle grade territory, so probably eight to ten, I guess. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I think that's all we have to say for tonight, unbelievably. Yeah. I think we need to get back into the rhythm of it. We, we do, yeah. Do some interviews and anyway, I guess. There's a whole industry waiting to, like, take off this year. So yes. many book launches to come up. So I noticed the other day in my bookshop that there were still books on the shelf from before Christmas. So yeah. obviously there's still some supply issues, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's hope it eases soon. Yep. Well, I guess we'll say good night and uh, you know, see you next time. Next time. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by Middle Grade Mavens. If you'd like to know more about the Mavens, log on to middlegradepodcast.com or to find Julie online, stop by julieandgrassobooks.com. And to find Pamela, stop by www.ueckermaan.net.